was, I'm going to share something with you this morning. I, I would like to just preface my message. Um, this is a, one of those, pref, uh, you know, when you have the preface. When you were, we were kids and I first saw in a book that something called preface, I always thought it was preface. And so, <laughs> so it was the preface. So I'm going to give you a, a little bit of the face before you see it. Right. So, uh, but anyway, I just wanted to just say briefly that I would like for us to always know what is going on in the world and, and uh, trust the Holy Spirit to give you understanding and information. Uh, I really want you to do that. More, uh, more and more, we're seeing the enemy do the craziest things. I've, I've lived a long time. I'm not the oldest person in the room, but I've lived a long time. And I, I would say to you, younger people, that I've never seen such, such, such. And um, I know that we've had atrocities in the world. Uh, we've had uh, atrocities, but I think they're becoming more prevalent. Or maybe I should say more pervasive. That's a better word. But they're, they're everywhere because they, we know that Jesus is the prevailing uh, one. And Jesus is going to prevail over all of it. But I would like for you to lend your prayers. And don't be one who sits on the sidelines saying, I just know how to pray, Lord. Well, ask him. And if he doesn't tell you, you know, shove the, the, the plate back. And uh, if he doesn't tell you, just go into another room. You know, keep doing that. Keep seeking the Lord, and, and he will tell you and show you how to pray. And uh, I am really seriously praying uh, without ceasing for our Ukrainian brothers and sisters. And I want to say that. I am also, I'm also praying uh, for our brothers and sisters in Belarus, our brothers and sisters who are in Russia. I am praying for them as well. Uh, I am praying, and that's not a cop-out. I'm praying for them as well because there are a lot of innocent people in this crazy world in which we live. We know that we're living in a fallen world, and, but you and I have been set apart by God. Now, I, I wish I just had a little time to just sit up here and, and talk to you all about what the Lord has revealed to me through the years and even more so uh, recently, but we have an obligation to... Uh, the Lord Jesus, to the Spirit of God. We have an obligation to the Word of God. We have a, an obligation to the kingdom to which we belong. And uh, we want to walk in that and, be, and, and, in, and interpret everything in this world's sphere by who we are and where we are located in the realm of the Spirit. Then we'll, we'll interpret that. We're not going to interpret heaven by what we see and feel on this earth, okay? Are you okay with that? All right, super. Now, let me talk a little bit about uh, my subject. This is the second one on uh, the blessing of bread and water, uh, the blessing of bread and water. I, I want to just talk about that. I'm astounded with God how he can just, he makes something from nothing. As I've, I've said many times, I've said many times that when we consider something nothing, it's really not nothing, it's something. You know, but God made this something out of nothing. And, and he can take the smallest things and, and just do greatest things. I, I was looking at, I hope this is not insulting because, you know, I come from a, 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 a time when you could just say a lot of things and it was all right. But uh, I hope this is okay, um, mighty that. But I was looking, I thought, how do you get a gallon out of a pint, you know? 
I was asking myself that. You know, so someone was preaching here, and they said, uh, it was Alan Vincent, Brother Alan, dear, dear Brother Alan. He said, uh, uh, mustard seed faith is getting the, the big out of the little. And so I, I'm, I'm astounded how, with how God does that. So when you think about the blessing of bread and water, something as simple as bread and water uh, representing food, nutrition. He says uh, he, God has made something very, very significant spiritually out of that. So you and I, when we look for the, the deep things of God, that is the deep things that we think are of God, because of someone's eloquence or ability to frame something, that may not be the deepest thing that is said. The, uh, we have established in the last message that the body, uh, our human body, and of course the body of Christ, but our human body needs bread and water to sustain uh, its vitality and function. It needs bread and water or food, sustenance and water. You cannot do it without water, uh, those two. And when you think of vitality now, to sustain vitality, when you think of naturally, and I have not gone to Exodus yet. I, I thought I would start with the New Testament, then refer to the Old, rather than starting with the Old and come to the New. Um, but when you think about vitality and function, vitality has to do with um, uh, power to live and grow. Not just to exist, but to live and grow. So uh, the, the, without bread and water, the body has no vitality. It has no vitality. So to live and grow. When the Bible make the, uh, expresses life, it differentiates between biology or zoology and, uh, and, and zoe. Zoe is the life of God that is given to us. And so we're talking about now the power to live that out and to grow in it. Now, isn't that how awesome is that, that you are given something that is eternal, but then you can grow in it. You begin to lay hold, apprehend it, you know, to, to grasp it. Are you still with me? Okay. And so this is what we want to do. And, and it says, not, not, but also vitality means exuberant, not just physical strength, exuberant physical strength. Because you can have physical strength, but it's just marginal. But, you can, but God is offering us through bread and water exuberant physical and mental vigor. So we can have uh, great strength or we, we can just drag. Oh, I came, but I was dragging. My feet were dragging. I was stumbling over the carpet. Sometimes we live life that way. We live life that way. We just go through life just barely making it. But we don't have any real vigor. We don't have, have, have that great energy. And this is what, what being properly nourished will do for you. But you don't want to be bulimic and you don't want to be anorexic, neither. You don't want to go out and, and, th and vomit everything up that you were given. And you can do it before you leave the parking lot of a church, you can do it. When, or when you get to the first red light or green light, you can do it. But, but also, bread and water helps with our function, the body function. So you will say, well, uh, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by the body function? Well, it's the purpose for which something is designed. So I, I uh, or, or the purpose that it exists, the, the role that that body is supposed to play. So when we talk about our, physical, our personal body, then our, our body was designed uh, with a purpose. And we know that that is to worship God. But our body was designed for that. Our, our body and the body of Christ 
uh, have a role in society and in life. We have a role, but it's not given to us by a man. It's given to us by God. Are you still with me? And so bread and water has huge significance, huge significance. Remember Jesus at the well, at the uh, with a woman at the well in John chapter 4, when Jesus says to her, you know, she, you know he, said, he said, give me a drink. And so she wants to talk about uh, uh, race and racism. <laughs> I mean, my Lord. <laughs> All he did was ask her for a drink. And she said, uh, you, you Jews don't, don't mess with us. Y'all hide mighty. You don't want to have anything to do it. He said, look, uh, he says, if you knew the gift of God and who it was talking to you, he said, you'd ask of him, and he'd give you some living water. He would give you some water from above that you would never, ever, ever, ever be thirsty again. You would never have to come here to draw. And this is what God has given to us, but we don't know what it is yet. I want to talk about this a little bit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 says, now the body is not, this is what he says, listen, it's not for sexual immorality. The body is not for misuse. And, and now, now if, if you're in sexual sin uh, or here on, watching online or here in this, in this sanctuary and uh, you're saying, well, he was speaking, uh, using that as a metaphor. Y- y- yes, and that too. It is not for that. So he's telling you that the body has a function. It has a role to play. It says... But for the Lord, the body exists for the Lord. The body exists for the Lord and the Lord for the body. That that is such an amazing scripture, how God is speaking to his people. So this is what he says. So the body of Christ is for the Lord. It's not for the stuff that many of our theologians, pastors, and leaders have told us it's for. It's for the Lord. This, This is the Lord's body. And, and the Lord is for the body. So then, you see, Jesus being the head is for the body. The body being the, the torso, the upper torso, the shoulders down, is for him. And he is for it. So, so my head alone cannot fulfill its function without the body. And that's the way the Father designed it. And when you read John and John, John's love story of, of God and, and the Lord Jesus, his son, it's an amazing love story. I never get tired of reading it. And, and what he does is he tells us in the end, that's all a picture of what God wants for you. I hope you were stunned, except for a handful I hope you were stunned because that's what God has for you. Now, now let me just, when I'm preaching like this, I'll have to stop and say, I'm not angry. (laughs) I'm I'm really not angry, but I'm very passionate. It is amazing to me how God is so generous, how that God is so generous, and how he offers us things, and we just look at it. Someone uh, recently bought a, 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 a multi-million dollar painting, I believe it was a multi-million dollar painting, uh, at, at an auction, I think for maybe less than $100, 20, $20 or $30. Now, 
the people had millions of dollars. I'm sure it may, may have just been if they were like some of us. They were praying to God, 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 help me pay my bills. Help me, Jesus. Give me some money. And he had right there, they were going to sell uh, at a garage sale something that was worth millions. And I look at that. I go, que lastima. Ah, what a shame. What a pity. Oh, man. Well, what a shame. But we are like that. But you don't have to be like that because of the Lord living in you. He has already given you bread and water. He's given you eternal bread. He's given you eternal understanding. He's given you wisdom from above that is not sensual, that's not earthly. Wow, he's amazing, isn't he? Let's, uh, thank you. <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's look at John chapter 7 again. You know, I, 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 re I visit and revisit because these, um, these scriptures are so amazing. You can read them, and, and those of you who have lived a while, you've read them for decades and decades and decades, and you have really uh, taken all this nourishment from the scriptures. And one day, you'll, go, you'll open the Bible up and you read it again. You say, oh, Lord, more? You know, it's amazing. So let's look at John chapter 7. We'll start in verse 37, and we'll see how far we can go. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying. So he wasn't crying. He was talking loudly. And in that day, this is the, the Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus was, was uh, proclaiming very, very loudly. He wanted to get everybody's attention. You know, uh, you, you want to get everyone's attention by talking very loudly. So he says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let him come to me and drink. Paul tells us that he is the rock that followed Israel in the, in the wilderness, and he was the source of their water. Well, this is huge. Now listen, he says, come to me and drink. He who believes in me. As the scripture has said, I like to read it like that. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And what God wants us to understand is that he, through Jesus, the Father, through Jesus, has given us our own water source. That's amazing to me. And this is what he says. John says, Jesus is shouting out. But now the audience to whom he was uh, speaking uh, didn't, didn't, didn't really grasp. They were too concerned with earthly things. If you are overly concerned with earthly things, you will never, ever fully grasp spiritual things. And there are a lot of believers like that. I, I, I weep for them. I'm not, I'm not glad for them. I'm not going, well, you're going to get what's coming to you. I'm not like that. I don't want them to get what they're going to get. Because you and I, all of us, were once, at one time ignorant of the things of God. But, but there's no reason for us to continue to be ignorant of the things of God. It's not like your way. Oh, well, this is, not, this is, this is the way I'm going to do it. No. I want to be, I want to be bent, bent by God. I want to be bent by God in the right direction. I don't want to be broken. Listen to what he says. But this he spoke concerning the spirit. He, he spoke this water source, this living water, this water that, that gives eternal life 
as coming from the Spirit or as being the Spirit. He says, this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So that, that's a good translation. But, but maybe a better translation would be, for uh, there was not spirit. So you could not have this amazing eternal source because there was not yet spirit. Because why? Jesus had not been glorified. Jesus had not hung on the cross. He had not gotten out of the grave yet. Now Jesus hung on the cross so that you would have spirit. So you would have an eternal water supply. An eternal water supply. Don't say things like, don't say things like, I'm just so dry. Oh, you're with me. So holiness, this separation that God wants to give us is a result of the washing of water by the word. I want to move on to another point and I'll come back to this. It's about washing of the water by the word. So holiness or separation or sanctification has to do with that. It's washing of water by the word. And the spirit's function is there as well. So holiness and or sanctification is instantaneous and it's progressive. You'll hear believers always talk about whether it's instantaneous or progressive. It's progressive, it's progressive. They're probably defining it by their uh, slow pace and growth. But it's both. It is both. So let's look at, at Ephesians chapter 5, uh, starting verse 25, and then we'll see kind of parenthetically what I'm trying to say to us today because there's a huge blessing that God has given to the believer in that you and I should never be hungry, and never thirsty. And, and what, does, what does that mean? That means that you'll always have spirit, vit, spiritual vitality. You'll always have spiritual vitality. You will always be able to function as God designed you. That, to functioning not just in a, uh, a, a wonderful atmosphere where there are no difficulties, no problems, but you'll be able to function in the severest of, of times. You will be able to function. It doesn't matter whether, whether uh, there are no cattle in the stall or, uh, or there's no fruit on the vine. You still function well. Now that's, that's what God wants you to know. So, so let's walk this out as believers. But when you're carnal, you need a lot of milk. So if there's not you know, milk can help you when you're a baby, but as a, a full-grown adult, you ought not be needing a diet of milk. Somebody has to give it to you real easy, real easy. Now, this is what he says when he talks about the washing of water by the word, and this is where we are as believers. He says in Ephesians 5, 25, husbands, love your wives. And so this is not a request, it's a command. And he says to us, just as Christ also loved the church. Now, so then how did Christ love the church and gave himself for her? So then, then that means you give yourself, you, you fix yourself to endure, not demand that your wife do it. Or that your wives do it. You know, what you want to do is you do it. You, you have to do this first. You know, there may be some of us who say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that so I can be okay. No, she's supposed to be okay because of your doing. This is what he's saying. Okay? <laughs> I just got one lady. And uh, it, I don't want to stay here long, but it, it was my wife. And uh, I, was, I was wondering if she would say, okay, amen, now go home and practice. <laughs> yeah, 
but he gave himself for her. So what Jesus did, what, what does he mean he gave himself for her? He died for her. So, so then to have the kind of church that he wanted, what did he do? Died for it. Is there any man here unwilling to die for his wife? Raise your hand. No, no, unwilling. Yeah, we'll have some slaughter on the left and right if we don't get that right. <laughs> unwilling. So how many of you are willing to die for your wife right now? Willing. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I'm willing to die every day. Or, or every, once a week, once a month, once a year. Every day. And so this is how he has this amazing wife. Uh, uh, wife. Now, listen, listen what he says. Because Jesus, the true church is everything Jesus wants. Now, now, listen to what he says. Why did he die for it? That he might sanctify her, sanctify and cleanse her, sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. So he, so he uses this, this regeneration that he got. He says the word of God is, is washing. So you cannot really know, fully internalize the word of God, receive the word of God without being washed. You can, now, this is, talk, this, is, this is talking about the preached word. So the, the word of God that is preached ought to be watching you, cleansing you, making you better. Now, because the husband is dying for you, why don't you, you, know, why don't you act better? If I'm dying for you, you ought to, there ought to be some results there. And that's why God can demand things of, of, of us because he died for us. There are results in, in that death. That's an effective death. All right? I'm still talking about the blessing of bread and water. And so he did that that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Let me tell you, I'm still speaking parenthetically. We're going to go back to the other if we have a a moment. Hebrews uh, 2.11 says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. So so Jesus is saying, uh, as I am, so are you. As he is, so are we. Are you getting that? And so, why? Because we now have within us the living bread. We have the living bread. You should never hunger for anything else. You should never hunger for another relationship. You should never, ever be tempted by the lies that are told pervasively every day. And if you're watching the news, reading the news, you can see it. Not every news source is not a lie. Every news source is not a lie. Sometimes, sometimes we, are, we are gullible because people tell us what we want to hear. You see, if I walk up there and, I, and my nose is, is all to the uh, halfway to my right cheek and my eye is drooping down there and I've been lacerated across the face and somebody looks at me and says, Pastor, you are handsome. I, I, <laughs> you know, I'm going <laughs> to... Somebody's helping me preach up here. But, but no, no I, I can't keep going. I know that's not true. I may keep going, but I know that's not true. You know, it, it's like a, 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 I won't tell you who it was, but let me tell you a quick story. Uh, maybe, maybe, I hope I don't feel bad about it. But there was a, a, t- a situation, one of my uh, relatives, uh, was a young, ch- uh, young child, uh, had been taken by some other relatives to the, uh, to, uh, the mall, and there was a little baby that was born, and 
and this little, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, maybe I'll not tell this story. <laughs> but, but let me just say it to you like this. Let me tell you like this. The little, when the little, ba when the little, uh, little toddler, little, a uh, little above a toddler, was asked what he thought, he told the truth. <laughs> but sometimes we just believe what we want to believe. We, our, our activities, our conduct is not the best conduct, but we believe it's acceptable to God. No, that is not true. Jesus says we're all one. For, for the, this reason, which we, or for which reason, he is not ashamed to call them brothers. In Hebrews 10, 10, he says, by that will, what will? The will of God. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So when God sees us, he sees the living bread inside us. Amen. Amen. Let, let me, let, let me, I want to uh, end with something. I'm going to go to uh, uh, John chapter 6. Let me go uh, back to John chapter 6 because I have a lot more parenthetical stuff. I think that would really, really bless your heart um, that, that Paul tells us in Titus uh, chapter 3 that you and I um, have been saved by the washing of regeneration. By the, by the preaching of the gospel, uh, uh, washing us, cleansing us, making us different than what we were. So if you are still the same person, same, act the same way you've always acted, you know, have the same inclinations that you've always had, you've got to question whether you receive Jesus or not. You've got to question that. You're still mean and fussing and cussing. You've got to ask, am I different? Am I different? When I can lay down what God has done for me, am I different? But, but Paul tells us he saved us through the washing of regeneration. What? And the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So he, the Word of God and the Spirit of God have been working in our hearts and in our lives. And he says he poured this out abundantly uh, on us through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying to us. Hallelujah. So, so let me, go, I'm going to go back to John chapter 6, and then we will, we will uh, pray. In John 6, 26, he says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, notice what Jesus says. Don't labor for that which perishes, that is natural food. Don't just be a glutton always eating and having a good uh, food party. But you should, you should uh, be seeking, endeavoring to eat of, of this bread, uh, this eternal bread. He says, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food uh, which endures your everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because the Father, God the Father, set his seal on him. And John 6.38, he tells us, he says, he says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, not to do my own thing. I didn't come to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So what Jesus is saying is, he is our pattern. He's saying, he didn't save you for you to have your own plans. He saved you that you would have his plans. He came, you have, you must, he came to do the Father's will. You now are saved to do his will. That's what God is saying. Amen. I have come down, and so I want us today, I, I will end here, but this is what I want us to say. I want us to have the attitude, I have come, I have come to the kingdom for a time such as this to do his will. One will. 
not my own, but his. I'll be back in a moment.